Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to episode 88 of Geek Town Radio. We're back this week with Matt. Hi David, how are you doing? I'm alright, how are you? Not bad, yeah, not bad. Been, uh, been fairly busy. I did four podcasts last week and I'll have five this week, <laughs> including including this this one. So uh, yeah, good fun. Podcasts can be stressful before you start, but once you're like into it and you have too much to talk about, then that's, that's the, uh, the fun part of it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No. So yeah, I've been quite busy, and all the all the games have come out at once. So uh, that you've had like Call of Duty's out, I think on Friday, Infinite uh, Warfare, uh, and then Battlefield One came out, and Titanfall Two, and Gears of War Four, and Mafia Three. <laughs> uh, Telltale's Walking Dead is out soon. Telltale's Batman has been coming out. So yeah, um, yeah all the games are coming out at once. All the yeah, well, is is. Uh, coming back at the same time yeah we're in that kind of um pre-christmas release everything period aren't we yeah. With games? yeah yeah so yes uh we're, we're kind of there at the moment and it's the same with tv as well tv's crazy at the moment mm. just so much stuff coming back so you know but that's always good i like this time of year mm. yeah yeah <laughs> so what have you been watching what have you been doing uh, I've been playing a lot of Mafia 3, which um, there's a repetitive problem with it in that all the missions are essentially the same. You basically clear out like a warehouse full of people to either destroy the enemy's supplies of like guns, what yeah. have you. Uh, and then you basically integrate, quote, integrate, um, because what you, what the interrogation ends up being, it's not like a Jack Bauer style kind of thing. It's more of a shoot this guy until he's on his knees and the game doesn't allow him to respond. And yeah. then you go up to him, hold B, and until uh, he, submit, he submits to the struggle, uh, which all you have to do is continue to hold B or circle, I think, on PlayStation. Yeah until the same animation comes up where you're holding a knife to his throat and he they have a little chat and then you can either kill him or recruit him and that's up to you um so it's essentially that over and over again but the gameplay is yeah. really good i'm really enjoying the shooting uh the driving's quite fun you can see like how many miles per hour you're going yeah uh on mafia 2 they actually had a petrol meter which you could, you have, you had to, once you ran out of petrol, you had to go up to the petrol station, fill it up, which would cost your player the money that you pick up in the game. <laughs> and then you would continue driving. Uh, but it's not in Mafia 3, which is uh, a slight shame because that was a bit realistic. And that's kind of realistic touch. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can say. But it's, it's fun. It's fine. It's a bit like, I don't mean this in a bad way. This is actually a slight compliment, but it's like a cheap GTA type game. <laughs> right? yeah. The open world, drive around, shoot, do missions, that sort of thing. 
Yeah. So uh, it's, it's fun. Uh, I had to take a break from it because it was getting just a bit too repetitive. And then I played some more Overwatch, which I've right. been playing. Still um, not got to that yet. <laughs> it's a it's a particularly time consuming game, uh, especially if you want those loot boxes um, <laughs> to to unlock, you know, victory poses, emotes, and all that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's the the very very fun part is once you get into a full team of six, because it's always six versus six, right. and then um, you have you know you have your defense heroes, you have your healers, you have your what you call tanks heroes, and it's like uh, you know you need at least like realistically one healer. Um, and then like a shooter and then like a tank, a support character and maybe like a sniper type thing. Um, and this is about like building a team that is suitable. Like if you had all six support characters and there'd be no healers, no tanks, nothing like that, yeah, yeah. It, it wouldn't yeah, work you, very well. Usual sort of thing, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's been a lot of fun. There's, I did see a notification on my phone, um, about, uh, one of their characters that they're releasing called Sombra. Uh, I didn't see what the video was, but uh, that character's been teased for a long time. Okay. Because um, they've only released one new character since the game's come out, so it's time they uh, release yeah, something else. It's been out a while as well, Overwatch, hasn't it? I think like March 24th or something. Yeah, something yeah. Like that, or May yeah. or something. Uh, but yeah, that's been a lot of fun. It's just, it's the most fun and competitive game because it can get very competitive, but it's very fun at the same time. Yeah. And of course, there's characters have different things, so it's just about finding which character's right for you. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it's very fun. Yeah. Uh, did you see Black Mirror season three? At all? Yes. Yes. I've watched a whole lot now. Yeah. Uh, that episode three is dark. That like, uh, do you know which one to talk about? The one uh, with the the whole package and um, uh, it's basically like this unknown person keeps texting the character and is like, if you don't do what we say, we'll leave. Oh, this thing yeah, that you've yeah. Done. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. No, that's very, very dark. That one. Yeah. Goodness me. Yeah um yeah it's i mean the the whole the whole series fair he's fairly dark oh, on yeah. one level or yeah. another but that one was yeah. particularly dark um but exciting in the way of like what are they going to get this character to do next yeah yeah and like i i don't particularly want to spoil the ending but the ending of that is like a pretty massive twist and uh, yeah a pretty dark twist yeah. um i like the um the first episode of that series which was the uh one. it's like the social thing and yeah, the, the social media thing with <laughs> yeah. everything you upvote people all the time yeah. and that and that yeah. sort of is relates to your social status which i thought was a brilliant idea i really like that so um yeah, yeah i that that's sort of really good fun i and they're but they're all very dark in one way or another he's a very oh, twisted yeah. man that charlie brooker yeah yeah uh i didn't really get episode four that much i didn't feel like it impacted it as much maybe i just didn't really get the story but the first three were phenomenal yeah because uh, there's one that's like a vr game but implanted in you you, you could say yeah because uh, the guy gets that implant and like has things that creep up on him and then there's like a couple of twists and, and stuff yeah yeah um and then yeah, there's yeah. there's the episode five with like the military guy and he's yeah, the sort of it's a these... kind of alien sort of setup yeah. that yeah. was very dark as well mm. yeah. yeah but I, I thought episode three was the best one yeah um it's good. Good. Uh, I've seen some dark TV recently. Like The Fall <laughs> had a really dark ending. American Horror Story was very gory. The Walking Dead was kind of gory. <laughs> I think The Walking so, Dead uh, kind of tops the gore factor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Although, although I mean, th this this week, um, this week kind of definite switching in direction and much calmer, much nicer. You got to see some new characters. It was yeah. 
you know, you got uh, some, uh, some storytelling. Yeah, some storytelling. You got to meet Ezekiel and Shiva. Uh, Shiva's, um, they've done an amazing job with that. Yeah, I just hope we get to see enough of Shiva because I, I know that we know what AMC are like with money, but uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, the Tiger was very impressive. Yeah, the tiger was really impressive. I also loved uh, Carol's reaction when when she's first introduced. It's like I don't know what's, <laughs> going, what's on going on. In, I don't know what's uh, going on in the most wonderful way, you know. Yeah, and, and I know yeah. she's kind of putting some of that on, but I just thought she played that absolutely brilliantly. I also, I, as somebody who's a, you know, you're a comic book, a Walking Dead comic book person as well. Uh-huh. How did you feel about them revealing Ezekiel's background, like almost immediately? It was good. I feel like the, this show needs to explain things as much as possible. Yeah. Because I've seen some of the community be confused about certain particular things in like the past and stuff. So it's good when they explain things straight away. Yeah. Like, especially as to like, you know, things like why why is Negan doing the things he's doing? That sort of stuff needed explaining. Um, yeah. The one thing they haven't explained yet, and I won't say what it's about because it's more of a comic thing, is the whole uh, Dwight Burnt face thing. But I'll, right. I'll let the TV show eventually explain that once they they're, they're all bound to have an episode at the same time. I'm sure it will I'm sure but, it'll come uh, up somewhere. Yeah. But yeah, but, I mean um, I th- I think the the r- reveal of Ezekiel's background I think helps strengthen that relationship with Carol as well, which I, I think is is an interesting a way of 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 bringing that in and uh yeah it sort of helps explain that you know he he's very knowing and knows what he's doing and you know he knows that this is all a big kind of fake really but mm. you know it works so that's why he does it yeah we'll, we'll be doing a uh, podcast tomorrow for that so um yes yeah yes we will be uh, which i also have um been doing we're going to be doing on fridays the dt tv podcast oh yeah my uh website which is uh me and robert do that on uh that'll have to be on fridays because you know we'll, we'll have to yes. fall out this week yeah yeah um, so yeah what what did you think of of the uh dc returns then uh, oh flash they're great the Super flash Girl. is so good i know like I can't quite grasp what it is with Supergirl, but it's not grabbing me in the same way. I know it's still a young show and it's still in its second season. Yeah. Uh, and the Flash and Arrow have had like more time, but I don't know. Something feels a bit different. Maybe it's the whole like, you know, what they had with CBS in the first season and trying to transition it to CW. Maybe it just hasn't quite clicked yet. I think that's possibly it. I think it's fairly early because they're retooling bits of it and, and you know, but with it, it's network switch. So think it will get there um mm. i i sort of know what you mean it, it seems a bit standoffish at the moment and because they've not they had that one crossover but it was very you know it was very standalone and at the moment she's still not part of that main universe so yeah. i you know i don't know i i don't know um I like the writing. I think the uh, characterizations are really good. I like um, Tyler as uh, yeah, Superman. He's, I think he's, he's a really good addition. So I don't know. It, I, I I sort of know what you mean, but I think it will will get there. I think Arrow's yeah. been Arrow's looking stronger as well this season. So yeah, it's far. looking like they they knew what they the mistakes they made. Yeah. Like, don't do magic again because <laughs> it, it didn't really work it it just doesn't work in terms of arrow like if you were to do that in maybe the flash or supergirl or definitely in legends it would have worked better but in a show which is like people with bows and arrows and swords and stuff yeah the whole do what they did with damien and dark it just didn't really work as well so uh yeah. that'd be interesting um 
I played the Infinite Warfare beta a couple of couple of weeks ago on the PlayStation. Uh, it did come to the Xbox, but that wasn't until like the day after or something, I think. Right. Um, it's just, it's gone so, I remember the the good days of high school and playing Call of Duty there. And, you know, when Call of Duty was a bit more basic, a right. bit more sort of simple. And now you've just got like all these different drones and there's these like... Instead of just fighting as like guys in army uniforms, you've now got like different mechs and different types of people you can shoot against, and it's just kind of gone a bit all over the place and a bit over the top. Right. And like, there's this one kill streak thing you can have where I only saw a video of it. I didn't actually unlock it or see it in the games I played, but it's like you can turn your robot person or whatever into like a dog type thing, and he essentially. <laughs> is this massive kind of robot dog that sort of goes around the map and kills things really easily. Right. The video that I saw, it looked incredibly overpowered and it would be a nightmare to come across because it would probably kill you before you've noticed it there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just kind of gone off in this strange direction. But if you like it, then how to you. Yeah. So, I've just got two more things. Uh, I was going to talk about Until Dawn, which I brought today because that's on sale on the PlayStation Store. Oh, right, yeah, um, yeah. I don't know if it's still on sale on the PlayStation Store. Um, but that was for sixteen pounds, so a uh, pretty good price. Good price. And you could yeah. play that. You could play that. You could play that like three times, probably. Yeah, yeah. Because there's can. like different um, depends on the choices you make. So that should be a good a good game to jump into later. Yeah, and yeah. Um, it's good. It, I played through play that. It? Yeah, I've I've yeah. played through that once. So uh, is it Hayden Panettiere is one of the characters. Yeah, in it. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, and it's the a, it's guy good from Mr. Robot, whose name I can't remember. Uh, yes, no, um, Rami Malek. Yeah, 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 he's in it as well. Yeah, um, I think good. there's also his name from Agents of Shield. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, I think he is. He, the guy he's that plays, in it as well. Uh, uh, Brett, Brett, oh, I want to say Brett. Brett Dalton. Brett Dalton. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's he's in it as well. So they pulled a good cast for it. Um, mm. So I'm looking forward to playing all that, that later. Uh, and did, have you played Telltale's Batman? Yeah, I haven't. No, I I've got it. I just haven't had time to catch up with it yet. But uh, <laughs> I've, I've only played the first episode. I need to go back to it. Okay. Um, I bought the third episode today. Uh, it came out last week, so I'm looking forward to playing that. Um, yeah. I, I just uh, I think I said this in the past. I just really like the way you sort of go from Batman to Bruce Wayne, and then from like the combat bits to back to like Bruce Wayne, and then back to the Batcave and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, yeah it's quite cool. Yeah, um, no, it's nicely put together. Yeah, so, so that's what I've been doing. Did you catch Humans? Humans started again this week? Humans, I have recorded it. I'm going to watch it on like Thursday or Friday or something. Okay. So, um, so yeah, yeah, we've had, I mean, I'd already seen it because uh, they they did a press screening a couple of weeks ago. So I'd already seen the opening. It's a great opening episode. It's exactly what you'd expect from Humans. Uh, it was, you know, it, it's more of the same brilliant show that it was before. Yeah. The, it's interesting the way they called it Humans 2.0 and not Season 2. It's yeah, like a, I like that was a robotic nice. type thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah I thought that cool. was nice. Uh, and also, if if any of you were watching TV on Saturday night on Channel 4, you might have spotted me. So, Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jeva Chan had a documentary called How to Build a Human, which was looking at AI and uh, building AI technology. And as part of that process, they built this thing called the Gemabot, which is the sort of top half of Gemma Chan, uh, they had a very sophisticated chatbot system built into it. And they wanted to see whether it could pass the Turing test, which is the thing about whether somebody can fool a human. So the way that they did it was they they put the uh, Gemma bot in one room and then stuck a Skype camera up and f- 
fed a Skype call into the hotel room next door. Yeah. So we and fuzzied up the pictures, so it wasn't the best quality. So you could see that there was somebody like Gemma Chan on there, but but uh, you know, and it did look like her on on the Skype call. Unfortunately, when I, they then wanted to try it out, so they ruled in some journalists, me being one of them, and uh, they they filmed unknowing to us at the time they filmed us talking to 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 Gemma to the Gemma bot as Gemma to see whether it would fool us um I twigged almost immediately when she spoke to me because I think I asked her how how is she doing or something and she gave a slightly odd response back and glitched out um and said something (laughs) like I don't understand or you know it was so I was like yeah that's that's yeah okay but you see I thought it was a computer program at the other end I I didn't realize they'd actually built the whole thing at that time i didn't really realize they physically built a gemma bot so i played around with it for a couple of minutes and then they burst in with the camera crew and took me around into the next room to actually see it and i got to meet it and kind of you know poke a face and stuff <laughs> which is kind of <laughs> fun. but but yeah so uh, i i am on the about the, it's the last 10 minutes of that show you can spot me because i'm wearing a geek town t-shirt which it w- wasn't planned i just happened to thought that was the best thing to wear that day <laughs> right so very helpful branding that's what you want yeah um so uh, so yeah that, there's that you can go and catch that on all four if you've not watched it yet there's uh, also uh, Class, I think, in, is into its third episode on I've been iPlayer. meaning to watch this, but I just keep not getting around to it. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I know, it's always the problem when things are, co- are kind of on streaming and you know they're not going to go anywhere and there's other things coming up on a weekly basis. You're kind of like, well, you know, I can go and watch those and then, <laughs> then you know, I'll, I'll go back to, to it. So I've seen, uh, I've actually I've seen the whole of the first episode and the third episode. I'm sort of halfway through the second because they did... I've been down at Comic-Con, which was the big thing I've been doing this week. Uh, I was down at Comic-Con in London and they did a panel for class and they actually screened the whole of the third episode as part of that panel, which was brilliant. Uh, The panel was great. Um, Patrick Ness was there. Greg Austin was was there as well, which I was like, why aren't you on your honeymoon? Because you got married the same day class came out so oh. <laughs> um which was unfortunate it was just bad timing all around but uh you know he, he the marriage went ahead it was it was all fine so uh and he actually tweeted a picture a couple of hours after i'd seen him at, at uh, the class panel from the airport and i think they'd literally gone from from comic con him and his wife had just gone to the airport and got <laughs> off on honeymoon so uh so yeah but uh it was it was nice to actually meet him in person because i did a it was a skype call that i did with him but if you want to so, see so what's it about i know it's a doctor who spin-off and i've seen a trailer that i briefly remember it's so yeah, what's it the the basic premise of it is um cole hill school which is the place where clara used to teach and uh has been a part of doctor who mythology since like the very first episode basically so it's, it's been something that's been part of the doctor's life pretty much for you know ever since we've been introduced to him the premise behind it is that all that messing around with time and space around the school has caused rips in time and things are now bleeding through those rips in time so it's sort oh. of the whole buffy hellmouth idea and they do actually make that reference in the first episode which is something i love about it it's very self-deferential it knows exactly what it is you know it knows it's a teen drama it knows it's kind of buffy-esque so you know it's that that's the sort of how they get the monster of the week sort of thing patrick ness is a young adult writer 
Fraser, who's the guy behind it. He's written every episode. It's brilliantly written. It's funny. It's dark. I really like that show. I think it's really, really good. So um, if you've not caught it yet, you can get it on iPlayer. It's on the BBC3 channel on iPlayer. So it's well worth looking at. Okay. But yes, as I said, I, I was down at Comic-Con. They did a panel for, for class. They did a panel for humans as well. Both of those panels from the Platinum stage are up on uh, YouTube, on our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com forward slash geektown. There's a load of other interviews as well. Um, the other Comic-Con stuff, there was an interview with uh, Jamie Bamber from Battlestar Galactica played Apollo in Battlestar Galactica. Uh, there's an interview with Michael Landis as well from uh, Hooten and the Lady and was used to play Jimmy Olsen in Lois and Clark, the old Superman series. So there was an interview with him. It was supposed to be with him and uh, Olivia Loverbond who plays uh, the lady in Hooten and the Lady. Unfortunately, she got stuck somewhere and didn't manage to make it. So <laughs> um, so she she eventually got there for the actual stage stuff, but didn't missed the press interview that morning, unfortunately. Also chatted with uh, Chris, Danny and Hattie from Red Dwarf, but they're always at those conventions. They're pretty easy to talk to. A couple of other people that we talked to, which I've actually got clips for, so I can play these out. We spoke to uh, the two guys from uncharted 4 nolan north and troy baker i mean we say uncharted 4 nolan north and troy baker are probably the most well-known voice actors male oh, voice yeah. actors in in like the industry um yeah. but Did you ever uh, see the joke that um i think it was troy baker said he said uh, i'll tell you how to get into video game voice acting what you do is save up from microphone buy one and then wait for myself and nolan north to die <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> Not yeah. exactly untrue, that. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, th- those guys, they were really fun to talk to. We've got the full interview of this coming up a bit later on in the show, but uh, th- this was how they kind of came into the room and uh, there, there was sort of a big backdrop there and uh, Troy came in and just before he sat down, he was stood up in front of us and started like this. So the reason why we've called you here today is we want to show you how these three circles can impact your financial <laughs> <laughs> We'd also like to announce something we're, uh, we're expecting. Yeah. A lot of people think well, there's a rivalry, but no, we were having a baby. Child, it was difficult at first, but yes. So they were quite good fun. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, they, they were. that was a great interview. We've I've got the whole of that uh, coming up a bit later on. So they were the first people we talked to. Also spoke to, uh, do you ever see the TV show Haven? It was a sci-fi show. Yeah, I um, did. Stars Emily Rose and Lucas Bryant. Emily Rose actually was in Uncharted 4 as well. She was the voice of the... Elena? Uh, yeah, the female love interest. Elena, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, she she was in it as well. But uh, the, they had this TV show called Haven. The final season, William Shatner turns up to play the father of Emily's character. Okay. So this was her talking about working with Will Shatner and uh, how that was. He's such a pro. Like you usually think that people who've been doing this a long time just kind of don't have to be pros anymore. And he is a pro. Like to be able to sit and be like, running lines with him and he's running the next two days of lines. Like it's just, he's so impressive. I gave the crew a hard time because he came and like all of a sudden there was like a couch and a lamp and a tent (laughs) and a whole living area and like a coffee machine and all these things. I go, I walked on, I was like, really, really, this is awesome. This is how it's going to be. I was like, I was like, seriously, Shatner, can you be here all the time? This is amazing. (laughs) 
<laughs> I like that. I, just just the fact that I mean, you know, who knows whether he requested any of those things. My guess is that that he just turned up and they were there. You know, because <laughs> yeah. it's Bill Shatner. You can't not you can't not give him like special privilege. So uh, talk to them. Also, they had a a panel which was Enver Gojak, who you will probably know from Agent Carter, played Daniel Souser in Agent Carter. Uh, he yeah. was also Victor in Dollhouse. He's been in Rizzoli and Isles, Extant, Dexter. He popped up in Community. He popped up in as well. Um, he's a lovely, lovely guy. He kind of he he sort of turns up for for that interview. They and they because they were short on time. They wanted to try and put them together, so they managed to get him in with Violet Bean, who plays Jesse Wells slash Jesse Quick on the Flash, and Michael Rowe, who played Deadshot on Arrow as well. So they had a panel with all three of them, and uh, Enver actually turned up first. So we got a bit of time with him on his own before the other two arrived. This was Enver talking about Agent Carter's cancellation i think it's a little ahead of its time i have experience being on shows that are a little ahead of their time uh, uh i mean you look at you look at dollhouse which may or may not have been perfect or may or may not have been like the actually at the right home uh for it to be what it wanted to be but then you look at stuff that came afterwards that kind of uh expounded upon the concept or built upon the concept like intentionally or not but orphan black which is a fantastic show and then now with the the hbo show uh westworld which is like crazy similar to dollhouse you see that the concept was actually they were, uh, he was on something and so with agent carter you know the truth of the matter is a female-led sci-fi or fantasy show is hard for the networks to get people to come and watch Right. As much as fans like it, as much as there's a group of people uh, who are ready for that, like beyond ready, uh, network television still a place where they got to get a bunch of eyeballs. And I don't blame them. That's just how the money works out, you know, and um, I, I give them total credit for, you know, ABC really wanted that. They really wanted to push that. They were really behind it. They gave it a whole second season. It just was hard. It didn't really find uh, a large enough audience. But I think the people, to answer your question, the people who really loved it, it's because it's not only, unfortunately, it's ahead of its time, or you could say it's totally overdue, you know? But um, Haley, it's like the, you know, sometimes you find an actor who just melds so perfectly and she's brilliant and everything. But with that character, she just is such a perfect meld. And also like to me, what I thought was really attractive was you take the detect, the pulp detective noir idea where there's the guy out kind of, you know, punching people and getting names and, and, uh, and then the secretary who's kind of like sitting there, like pining after him the whole time. And you just turn the whole idea on its head. It's such a great, great concept you know as i start to cry it's just <laughs> no it, it is it, it just it was really smart the writers are fantastic great concept great execution great actors and and you get used to it as an as an actor you know getting your heart broken it's it's not fair like so a lot of times i mean everybody knows with like stuff like firefly you know a great show will not find its footing or, or get canceled for all kinds of other business re- reasons that have no Nothing to do with the the quality of the show itself. Sad but true. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was. It really was a good show, Agent Carter. Um, yeah. And I, I miss it now. Yeah. Me um, too. Um, but she's in uh, that conviction. show. That name, Conviction. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is coming up. Yes. Yes. Coming up very soon. Um, 
I, I mean, I, I really miss Agent Carter. I, I think it was such a shame that he just didn't find a home. And I, I, show, I, I hope they maybe bring it back, say, once a year or something to do a, a like TV movie version or something. Mm. It would be nice. You know, just just yeah. kind of build a bit of weight behind it and, and bring it back every so often just to do like mm. a, a one-off thing would be good. Um, Especially with like the rise of kind of female leads in things in the last few years, it's it's good that Agent Carter happened for for that as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was a good show, and you know, damn, just damn you, American audience for not supporting it. Uh, so yeah, the the last couple of clips. This was Violet Bean and Michael Rowe talking about how they got their roles on Flash and Arrow, respectively. All of All the right. shows kind of do a good job of paying homage to the comics, but also creating new storylines and making it interesting for viewers. Um, but as far as knowing her, I didn't actually know who I was auditioning for when I auditioned. Um, when I booked the role, they were like, "By the way, you're going to be playing Jesse Quick." Um, so then I, that one was me too. Yeah, right. Yeah. And you're like, "Okay, <laughs> how'd you know I was going to be good for this?" Okay, <laughs> um, but. Yeah, so then I, I read some stuff after um, I had booked it, but it's weird how they do things like that. What was your character called in your audition? Didn't you? Claire. Claire. And she was a uh, CSI who was obsessed with Barry Allen um, and came up to him at like a work convention and uh, was like geeking out about him. Super weird. Never has been in the show whatsoever, but yeah. Huh. So, yeah. I okay. find that's kind of funny. Yeah, that that you know they that's how they kind of put them off because quite often they'll give them you know if they're having a new character come in. I know one of the common things that they do in auditions is they'll they'll hand over a script of uh, you know say Caitlin's character or you know one of the other female characters in the show and get them to read bits for that just to get a feel of what they're like as an actress or actor. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it sounds to that like they basically wrote separate scripts entirely for doing the audition process which is kind of interesting but mm. so yeah there was that and there was one final little story which was from Enver talking about they the somebody asked the question about uh on-set pranking and uh you know stuff that happens on set particularly with something like agent carter because you know there was all the dub smash stuff that happened they seemed to spend a lot of time messing around on that set as well as making a brilliant show so there was they sort of asked was there any particular memorable thing you had in terms of pranking and things that happened on set and this was what ember said there's this moment that is just like legendary and it's still going strong Dominic Cooper was laying down and laughing with Haley Atwell and uh, somebody snapped a picture and he was upside down and it was from far away and somebody zoomed in on his face and because of like the lens warp. It was just like really like messed up. And so they zo we zoomed in and then we flipped it around so that you could actually. And it's just the worst picture. He's a really good looking guy, <laughs> but it is like we call it stroke face Dominic Cooper. And um, and he just has the worst face on. And he saw it and immediately he was like, no, absolutely not. Not funny. Not funny at all. And he was just like and he started grabbing everybody's phone and uh, they were like, no, no, no. OK, we'll delete it. And then all of a sudden you hear a bunch of phones go. <laughs> and like, and Haley had been deleting it, but she had emailed, she'd group email, uh, texted it. That's amazing. So it's been now uh, 
Stroke Face Dom has been turned into um, a painting. It has been turned <laughs> into, uh, I, I got a bunch of iPhone covers, iPhone cases. First thing is it's turned into his worst nightmare. It is turned into his worst nightmare. And I'm actually right now commissioned something um, oh from somebody. <laughs> That is uh, that is about to arrive at my house. Um, yeah, it's I think my piece de resistance. Um, but yeah, that is it's an ongoing thing actually. It's the gift that keeps giving. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Speaking of uh, on set pranks and stuff, I just sprung to mind where um, you know Andrew Lincoln, Norman Reedus, say they like to do that sort of thing. Yes. Yeah. The whole um, yeah. the the whole glitter yeah. thing, which has been going on between those two for ages now as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, no, uh, it's good to know you have that. fun on set as well, not too like too serious. Yeah, no, I, I like that. I I really want to know what he ordered. I'm I'm wondering if it's maybe like a statue or something like that. He had like you know something <laughs> mold, something in clay. Or, I don't know. No, I I love yeah. that. I think it's brilliant. So um, those are the interviews with comic uh, from from Comic Con. A couple of other things as well. There are all those videos. That, those are clips from video interviews we did. So all those videos are up on um, YouTube.com forward slash Geek Town. There's also like a, a clip video just generally showing footage and things that happened around the Comic Con, which has got a great sequence in. Uh, from my my favorite Harley Quinn of all time, my favorite Harley Quinn cosplayer. It's a girl called Tori Seeger, and um, she, I, she does Birmingham quite a lot. But she was down in London, and uh, she was wandering around with another guy playing the Joker. I didn't catch his name, and they came across this Batman dressed in full Michael Keaton that version of Batman outfit, and he looked right. brilliant. But they were trying to get him to crack a smile because he was keeping the kind of stern Batman face on. And the, in the middle of the the, uh, the clip video, there is a, a section of uh, of Tori and the guy playing Joker just trying to trying to put, pull faces and and make the uh, the Batman like laugh. And he he very good. I mean, he he was stony faced throughout the whole thing. He did brilliantly. But <laughs> but I I thought that was fantastic. Oh, also, yeah, yeah, there was Batman's nothing. Such a- serious character yeah i know he was completely in character and it was a fantastic costume as well um the other thing was uh, i i was over at the subversive comic stand which are the people that do uh, the bearland zombie bear comics which we've mentioned a few, a few times and a comic book called metal Bay flesh which is great as well um and bex who does the podcast occasionally uh, helps out on the stand when they're down in london so she was there i was looking across the stand I, I spot there's this comic book and it's called Trista and it's got Beck's face on the front of it. <laughs> I was uh, like, and, oh. I, I was talking to Jeremy, who's the, the artist and writer there. And, and it was like, um, what's this? <laughs> and she went, oh yeah. Um, Bex, who is Bex Trista? Uh, and he goes, oh yeah, yeah, she, yeah, uh, we, we're putting together, it's only like a little kind of, I don't know, eight page thing at the moment. It's a little tester comic we're doing with, uh, with Bex starring in it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, and it's sort of done with photos, which are then kind of painted over and stuff, but it is most definitely her. So um, we'll probably talk a bit about that next time she's on. But but yes, I was just like, she'd not mentioned it at all. I was just there at the stand and suddenly there's this comic book with her face on it. So huh. <laughs> so yes, um, I will be looking out for a few more of those. But uh, yeah, they, they're working on doing more of that. But 
Uh, yeah, Subversive Comics um, are the people that are doing that. And uh, as I say, they do they do Bearlands, which is a brilliant comic book about zombie teddy bears. It's just superb. <laughs> so uh, so that's stuff to look out for. Um, nice. Those are all the bits and pieces for Comic-Con. We'll now go and do some film and TV news. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. First bit of film and TV news this week was uh, quite an, a, a shocking announcement, actually. It was that Brian Fuller is no longer showrunner for the new Star Trek Discovery series, which is not the best news because it wasn't due to any creative differences. He's not like being kicked off the show. He's still staying as exec producer. It's basically the problem is that he's got too much else to do right now and he can't yeah. dedicate himself to doing it because he's doing American Gods he's got another show coming up which is a new version of it's an old 80s show called amazing stories i think steven spielberg was responsible for the original run um which is sort of an anthology series it's not even an anthology series actually it's basically every episode's a different story it's sort of twilight zoney kind of idea where you have a different story each week um so you need to kind of discover star trek so yes it's uh, it's been for 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 most of your life it's kind of been off air probably so (laughs) yeah i I might go and um because there's a like new film yeah there's the film stuff Uh, so i might go back to the the first one of that from like the reboot and uh see if i like it from there i don't know if that's a good place to start it's difficult because it's they're very different to the tv shows yeah. So I don't know. But if you're going to get into the TV shows, then the original series is is very kind of old. And I don't know how that would come across to, to somebody that's more used to a modern series. I mean, I love yeah. them, but, you know, I've been, you know, it's been part of my life a lot longer than yours. So, uh, <laughs> and same with Next Generation. I, don't, I haven't been back and looked at those recently. I don't know how well they're aged. So they're great stories, though. Well, some of them are great stories, but uh, Deep Space Nine is the series that I I really like. I think that was that was the best one out of the original. But um, I'm looking forward to Star Trek Discovery arriving because it is the first new TV version post the J.J. Abrams films. So it, it's not set in the film universe; it's set in the TV universe because they are separate things. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see what it looks like in a kind of modern day setting. Yeah. So I don't know. All right. But yeah, the showrunner duties for Star Trek Discovery have been handed over to Gretchen Berg and Aaron Harberts, who are also exec producers on the show. There's also talk of uh, Akimva Goldman, who is writer of the Dark Tower movie, and he also wrote episodes of Fringe. There's talk of him coming on as a, in a new creative role, like senior creative role, as a support for Bergen Harberts as well. 
So I, I think it's in fairly good hands. They have said that they are still going to be following the creative vision that Brian Fuller set out. So his yeah. hands are still on it, but he's just not doing the day to day running of yeah. it. I think that's that's basically Who's, uh, got it. I think it's is it ABC or CBS or something. Um, it it is a CBS show. It's going out in America on CBS All Access. Um, in everywhere else in the world, basically, it's going out on Netflix. So we'll, ah, good we'll old be, Netflix. Yes, they pick up all the good stuff. Yes, yeah. it's uh, they did a huge deal for it, so uh, it's mm. going to be they got the worldwide distribution rights. It was originally supposed to come in January, and they pushed it back that because they said they wanted to give it more development time. But I'm guessing part of the reason That's they pushed, pushed it back at the time as well was because of Fuller's availability. Yeah. Um, but it's now been officially put put back to May next year, so that's when it will be launching. So Netflix tells us when they're going to release it, yeah, so and not drop uh, it just put it out there. They, yeah. they almost don't do it off advertising. Yeah, there are. Yeah. There has been a couple of shows where, and I mean, the thing is, I can get I get advanced listings of some of these shows, and yeah. even with things like Designated Survivor and stuff, weren't on there. You know, I think it's because they must do the deal and then just put the thing up. You know, because they're not going to schedule it anywhere. They can do that. You know, whereas yeah. with a TV network, they they have to schedule something in, so there has to be a trailer for it. With Netflix, they can just buy it and put it up the next day. So <laughs> maybe yeah. that's why. But because um, I mean, sometimes let's say like there's a new season of Daredevil or Orange Is New Black, they'll have that like at the top when you first load Netflix. Yeah, like season season four of Orange Is New Black is out now. So they they need to maybe do slightly more of that. It's odd. Yeah, they, they don't seem to push shows that they buy in as much, yeah. which is weird. I still tell everyone to get Netflix, but... Uh, yeah, no, no, I yeah, mean, it's, it's a great... It's, I mean, there's, it's not like a negative in terms of... I mean, it's much more of a positive in terms of the actual platform. It's just um, it, it's just a shame that they seem to bury some shows so you don't know they're there. But mm. anyway. Yeah. So moving on from that, there's a new show coming to Channel Four, which was announced a while back, but they've actually they've they've now announced that they're partnering with AMC on it, which is is what they did with Humans actually. So it's it's a big new show coming for them. It's basically set. It's actually an adaptation of an Israeli series. It's based around a software company called Idle Hands, who sell the company on to a uh, you know a, a bigger software giant. And uh, it turns them all into multimillionaires overnight. So it's about Sounds these good. four friends, and and uh, I don't think they're family. I think they're awful friends. It's basically four friends that have grown up together since college, and about them suddenly becoming millionaires and how that affects them in various different ways. Right. Uh, the description says amid a raging hurricane of money and excess and millionaire guilt loaded is about friendship ambition gluttony and a particular British distaste for other people's success and how money can put even lifelong friendships to a test AMC's president of programming describes it as a smart and somewhat light-hearted look at things that can go wrong when you're suddenly very very rich and very very young the, the best description that I I really like though is from two of the exact producers who described it as like Downton Abbey with nerds <laughs> thought it was quite concise uh, they've also got casting announcers for it the, the four main guys who are the leads there's some brilliant casting uh, Jim Howick who was in Aliens he's been in Yonder Land and Horrible Histories uh, he was the, if you watched the Aliens he was the sidekick to the main character the alien sidekick to the main character 
Samuel Anderson, which uh, most people will know as Clara's boyfriend, Danny Pink, in Doctor Who, I would think. He was also in Trollied as well. Uh, so he's great. A guy called Johnny Sweet, who I don't know from anything. He's been in Together, he was in Babylon, and he was in Him and Her. And the awesomely brilliant Nick Helm from Uncle who is the lead in Uncle, uh, who's oh, just fabulous. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm uh, uh, and he, I think the character he plays is a kind of recovering, um, drug abusing kind of alcoholic, <laughs> and he's the artist on the team. So, kind of suits Nick's Nick, I think, somehow. Mm. <laughs> it's, it's quite a good kind of slobby kind of character. So, uh, right. So yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that arriving. They've also cast Mary McCormack, who was in K-Pax and Impact and The West Wing. So she's quite a big American star. She's going to be playing the, I think she's the CEO or, or the person sort of overseeing the Idle Hands company in within the bigger structure of the larger software software company. So she's sort of their boss, I guess now. But I really like the sound of this. I, I think it, it's got a great cast. It's got decent money behind it because it's Channel 4 and AMC. So yep. I, I and, and it's not another kind of serious drama. It sounds like it's going to be a bit comedic you know, as well. So I'm quite looking forward to that. That looks like it could be really good. Last bit of news is there is a show being picked up by the CW called Searchers, and it's, it's another Greg Belanti show. He's <laughs> it becoming Robert Kirkman. Not things that he's doing well i mean he's he's got like um f- yeah flash arrow legends supergirl, yeah. supergirl. uh and then there's Thing. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah no. Yeah. I mean, this is only on the CW as well. He's also got that um, uh, Riverdale on the CW as well. So that's this will be his sixth show, I think. I think there may be another show he's involved with with CW as well. But um, it, this is at least his sixth show on the CW. And he's also got stuff going on Fox. He's got stuff going for ABC. So yeah, it's crazy. It's busy. One of the busiest man's in Hollywood at the moment. But it, mm. it's a. Um, He's basically exec producing this. It's actually from the uh, creator of The 100. It's a story of a pragmatic brother and a free-spirited sister who discover that their mother's crazy stories of legend and myths that they heard when they were growing up uh, might be based more on fact than fiction. So it's 10 years after their mum has died and the siblings end up teaming up and set out on a journey as they look to uncover unexplainable, bizarre and sometimes terrifying mysteries. So uh, it sounds like it could be kind of interesting. Um, yeah. Really depends how, yeah. how it's written and how they take it. But um, it's been written by Jason Rothenberg, who is the guy that is behind the 100 series. Uh, Greg Belanti Productions is the people producing it. Um, Rothenberg actually was a bit in of a bit of controversy on the 100 because he's the person that Ricky Whittle, who was, uh, I can't remember the character who played on the 100, played the sort of love, the grounder love interest. Yeah, his name escapes me as well. Yeah, so. but uh, Rothenberg was the person that Ricky Whittle accused of bullying him into leaving the show. <laughs> so, oh. uh, yes, so he has had some controversy behind him, but, uh, you know, I, I don't know how much of that is true and how much is that is celebrated. Lincoln, yes, Lincoln, yeah. that's right. Um, so you, you don't know how much of that is true and how much of it is isn't. But uh, but yes, yeah, so he's got a new show. It's called Searchers. Don't know when it will turn up. My guess is if it's just being announced now, it ain't going to turn up before at least next summer. Probably could be next fall, um, autumn, yeah. 
season. So, But that's another one to look out for. So that's all the news for this week. Next up, we have the interview. As I mentioned earlier, the interview this week is with Nolan North and Troy Baker, who are the two stars of the incredibly popular Uncharted 4. This was the press panel from Comic-Con. They are two of the most prolific voice actors to date, as as Matt was saying earlier. Um, Oh, yeah. So Nolan North voices Nathan Drake in Uncharted. He's done the Penguin in Batman Arkham. Uh, series he was david in the last of us he's voiced deadpool in various marvel animations superboy and young justice and of course he's very well known for taking over the role of ghost from the dinklage in uh destiny yeah he's also for for tv fans he actually plays peter hastings on pretty little liars as well so that he actually where you can actually see his face and everything so so uh, yeah he has had tv roles as well so that's nolan north troy baker voices uh voice joel in the last of us uh reese in tales from the borderlands he was booked to, yeah. he, he was booked a wit in uh, bioshock infinite uh joker in batman arkham origins two-face in batman darkham knight batman in lego batman 3 and of course played sam drake the older brother of nathan in uncharted 4 he's voiced loki for a whole load of marvel things he voiced joker and batman for a bunch of the lego batman animation stuff so they've been all over the place pretty much across film tv uh you will know their voices if you've been anywhere near a cartoon recently or a a video game i mean they're they're across everything so yeah um, there was uh also i found it on you i came across it on youtube it's like a almost like a stage play of the last of us obviously it doesn't have every single piece it mainly has like the dialogue scenes yeah um, but it's got um, these guys, or whichever one plays uh, Joel, I've forgotten which one, and uh, and the woman that voices um, Ellie as well, and they do they have their scenes together. So that, oh, that was right, cool. yeah, it's sort yeah. of reading. It's about thing. an hour long. That's cool. Um, it, it's sort of like you have a let's say you have an actual scene uh, from the game. It's them playing that out, and then the narrator says like. Joel does this and that, and then yeah, it goes yeah, yeah. to like the next bit. So that was that was quite good as well. Oh, that's awesome. I might have to go and look that up. Was that YouTube? Yeah, it should be on YouTube. Okay, yeah. I'll go and look that up. Um, yeah, so uh, here's the interview with uh, Nolan and Troy. It's about half an hour. We'll see you afterwards with some air dates. Um, kicking off, I guess, with the most obvious and easy question, um, how does it feel and particularly for you to be back here at <coughs> Comic-Con? Um, it, it's... it's... London is brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, no, it's uh, it's uh, literally one of my favorite cities. Um, in fact, I was with some friends recently, and they said, if you had all the money in the world, uh, where would you have your, like, three houses, where would it be? And the first one was m- mine would be, like, London. Um, I'm not sure where. I'd have to look around at some neighborhoods. But, uh, no, it's, it's literally one of my favorite cities. As some of you probably know I'm a massive Premier League fan. No one team do I follow because I'm not from here, so don't get into that. Um, but yeah, it's it feels great, and it's uh, kindest, best fans are just, you know, just hopefully they'll invite me back again next year. For me, it's been eight years since the first time I was here, and I remember before when you had to take the DLR from Tower Gateway, <laughs> and this was in the middle of nowhere. There was nowhere, nothing to do. And we once missed the last train. It was about 11 o'clock at night, and we couldn't get back into town. 
and we ended up taking a bus as far east as we could go, and it put us in the dodgiest part of London ever. <laughs> and even a cabbie popped by, and he was like, get in the cab! And like, like three white people walking around this dodgy part of town. I was like, don't ever come back here again! Um, so he was it, a West Ham yeah. fan, by the way. <laughs> he, uh, as are most cabbies. <clears throat> it, was a, it was a great time to be here, and, and uh, Brian Cooney puts on a great show, and the fact that he brought us back. Roger Craig Smith and I came back in 2013, I think it was, when we were doing Arkham Origins, but we were only here for like maybe an hour and we were gone. So to be able to spend some more time here has been great. And the fans have been awesome. Um, It's been really cool to be able to sit. And yesterday was was mad. Just there was was a great queue of people. And um, it's always just kind of reassuring and, and affirming when you realize that the things that you've been a part of that you think are just sometimes just a job. Even though you care about it, you don't realize how much impact you've had. So to be able to see that firsthand is, is kind of the best uh, best perk of the job is just for someone to go, this really meant something to me. And Especially in other continents. Yeah. And I think we have a, a – a, we're, we're very lucky because um, you know a couple of our bigger titles have been PlayStation exclusives. Mm-hmm. And PlayStation's got such a great um, – you know, foothold in, in the, the rest of the world, <laughs> the rest of the world, uh, and Xbox the U S and the U S sure. yeah, now, but I mean, uh, it, it's, it's been special. And again, we were talking about this last night at dinner, like Brian Cooney and his team are, man, this place is just efficient. Yeah. You are, you are brought in on time. Everybody, you just know where you, and for something this large, uh, that's pretty spectacular, you know, and he, and he's out there on the front line, just, Walking around, making. Did you buy the camera for a little while? We were doing photo ops. Yeah. So I was like, I need yeah. to do everything. He was taking the pictures. It's amazing. Who else? You've yes. done a lot of Marvel and DC. Mm-hmm. Is there any one that you'd like to voice that you haven't yet? And- oh, wow. Catwoman. <laughs> I think it's I could. Mine. I think I could give it a go. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We've been pretty lucky. Like the fact that you got Deadpool is yes. is there. I don't think there's ever been someone <clears throat> more perfectly cast. Um, and I didn't think that what Ryan Reynolds did was kind of loosely based on Nolan North. Um, he said it, not me. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds actually said it. Um, no, I, I, I don't know. I, I think there's um, – I've been surprised at the fact that there was no bigger surprise uh, that, that I was able to do the Joker. Um, so I don't know where you go from there because that's pretty much – Oh, I, I haven't done the Joker. You haven't done – Oh, I did. I did Atomic Joker. Joker. Did you? Yeah. A tomahawk joker? Atomic Joker. Uh in um Injustice? What was it? Oh god, no, I can't remember. And you're t- taping it. <laughs> no, it was another one. It was like it was uh it was like it might have been an infinite crisis. One of those. That's what it was. Yeah. And it was just so I got to have that little bit, but I I mean I, I it was just his head well. carried in a jar, and I actually took a jar, <clears throat> did the Tattershore trick, and I put the jar into it. I was talking into it. Come on now, and it was kind of like a. It's not bad. I I don't know, <laughs> but but what was better was oh it's okay okay. <laughs> At what point on working on Uncharted Four did you both realize that you would be playing against each other and that you were both working on the same project in sort of major roles? Did you find out first, or did I find out first? I, I I don't know. I we think, weren't together. I think I found out <clears throat> first. I don't, I, I mean, you know, there was a there was a, a, a shuffle in the the management at, at the time, and you know, the uh, it, it was just you know. Then they said this was, and when uh, Neil Druckmann came to me and he said, "We're gonna this is the plan." It wanted you know because it, it was a difficult time 
right there. It's got a little bit. And then when I found out he would be there, it was like, okay, well, there's there's somebody I know. <laughs> yeah, no, but there's somebody I had familiarity with, somebody who I'm I'm friends with, and it was like we could, you know, I knew that we we could, you know, you know, move on and uh, and do something. And we had people were like, oh, you're finally in a game together, and we had we done, done a few tons. of tons. So uh, you know, we had a good rapport, so it was going to be, uh, you know, we knew that. I, you probably found out first, I'm guessing, and then uh, I remember. But it was right, you know. I probably found out the next day. I was at I was at a, a friend of mine's like album release party at, at the Grove in Los Angeles, and Neil Druckmann calls me and he was like, "Hey, um, I'm going to bring you in." I was like, "Okay," he goes, "I want you to play. <clears throat> I want you to be in Uncharted 4. I was like, "Yes, I get to be a red shirt that you know Nate Drake kills," and uh, he goes, "We could only hope." I know. <laughs> Dare to dream. And uh, he was like, I want you to play his brother. And I went, ha, don't, don't tease, dude. If you, if this is you just pulling a fast one on me, if you're joking, it's like, that's cruel. That's just really, really cruel because he knew what a big fan of the franchise I was. And uh, and he did. And it was really cool because he, as, a, as an actor, every role has a challenge. And for this, it was like, okay, how do I, he's a few years older than me. How do I play his older brother? So as an actor, you got to kind of like go, okay. And I look so much younger. Way younger. <laughs> um, but to be able to find, you know, the way to to map that and make it grounded and feel real was cool. And it's something that Nolan and I and Neil and I kind of worked out together. And I think it worked really, really well. Um, and honestly, what you saw, what you see from Nate and Sam is really just Nolan and Troy. Like, that's the stuff that we do in between takes. We're just giving each other grief. Would you really take a bullet from me? I, well, no. That's that's the acting. <clears throat> that's the um, acting side. I actually didn't do that. just kind of went, uh, and fell. Uh, push me off a cliff. Push hey? me. Exactly. Hey, I know where, if I want to get shot, I know exactly where to go. I can show you the corner. Um, but no, those are, those are like dream come true. It's like the, the best part of the job is being a part of something that you're going to geek out over later. Um, and when you be, you move from a fan into a part of making it, that's, that's really, really cool. Yeah. He had a built in passion and you know, it's kind of like when we're talking about Ryan Reynolds, Deadpool, Loves people always role. ask me about that. He is a massive Deadpool fan yeah. and what better person to bring that to life on, on somewhere than Someone's somebody a who's a true fan. And, you know, Troy was a fan of Uncharted. Uh, from the get-go. Yep. Right? So, can you think of a line of dialogue you recorded for a game that you were like, God, I wonder what situation the character's going to get into to get that line of dialogue? That's so bizarre. What a great question. <laughs> no, that, that's a question at a bar. You got to think about over some cocktails. Yeah. So if you're cocktail. right later, so we see like yeah, cocktail space, cocktail service. <clears throat> I, I don't know if this answers that question, but I there's a lot of, especially in Uncharted 4, there were a lot of optional conversations that you could have that you could completely miss if you just decided to do a rabbit run of the game and, and not, when you're in Libertalia, little spoiler, you're in Libertalia and you go up to the tavern and you either can or cannot explore, but if you go up to one of these chairs, you press triangle and Nate and Sam sit down and have a drink. And that's one of my favorite moments in the game. And it's one of my favorite lines in the game. It was like, God, did you ever think, yeah, we sat and like did it like five different ways. And he said, you know, would you, um, I don't even remember what we talked about because it was completely ad-libbed. We must've completely ad-libbed those conversations. Yeah. Right? The one that we landed on, the one that ended up in the game was when it said, if you ever think about how differently your life would have been, if you had been given different choices and Sam says, oh, no, yeah, that's I'd, right. 
I like the cards we've been dealt. I, I like this. I wouldn't change the fact that we were orphans, that we grew up, that I had to leave you, that you grew up, you know, being raised by Sully. Yeah. It's just this really cool way to kind of summate the entire series and the entire relationship between these two people in a completely optional conversation. So I don't, I don't know if that really speaks to your question, but there's, there's a lot of lines. Last of Us had a lot of those as well. Um, Telltale is a great example of that too, because when you do have branching dialogue options, you're like, Oh, I really love to choose this one. Cause I love that. Um, <laughs> there was one line that Reese had in, in borderlands. That was a complete, and this, this shows just speaks to their, um, their process and how cool they are. I, I burped in the middle of the line. It was an early morning session and I was like, here's what we got to do. Sorry guys. That was breakfast. And I kept going and they kept it and they <laughs> used it and it's option a, you press X to get that line. And I wanted everyone to go, please get that one. Just, 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 just hear it. So if you haven't played that part, go back. I think it's like in episode three, it's, it's one of my favorite lines that I've ever recorded because it has nothing to do with acting has everything to do with just someone going that's funny keep it <laughs> <laughs> nice. well, is there anything you can share about the Charcoal story mm, no <laughs> they're, I think they're going to announce it pretty soon though I don't know when I don't know if it's going to be there's always all these new announcements that pop up around Christmas time you know with the award season and you have GDC coming in March mm-hmm. um, so hopefully soon I do know this uh, from what I understand it's going to be the biggest DLC they've ever done the like Left Behind was huge huge so they're really the, all heads are down focusing on, on getting that DLC out the door so um Hopefully soon, no, fingers I, crossed. I have no idea. I don't know if I'm in it. I don't know if you're in it. I don't know what's going on. Nothing. They I call us last. Hey? If you could change the narrative, what we thought you would have Wow. Um, dust off my holster. Would you? I think so. I miss it. Oh, buddy. <laughs> no. I, it's, uh, uh, no, I'd probably just, it'd just be phone calls, just sitting in this shack. Looking at the water, waiting to die. <laughs> he's like, oh, he's going to shoot someone soon. Oh, that's me. Jesus. Well, here comes uh, a boat. And the boat just goes by. <laughs> and then nothing. And then people, and then, you know. Finger guns. It's, it's six, six hours of that. And people go, I think it was brilliant. <laughs> or it was incredibly you, you lazy. Just, you just didn't get it. It was like a Lars Van Trier episode of DLC for Uncharted. The, you know, the, the great thing about Uncharted is, is it's a great question because it, it – it, it really anything could happen in that world, mm. and and there's so many adventures that were you know he could have he could have gone on. Um, it's one of my my gripes with the, the like some of the first movie scripts that I saw, yeah. where, where they were just going to try to recreate the, one of the games. It's like why would you do that? Sorry, you know, and that's what I think what uh, Fastbender and Assassin's Creed has done so well. They, they've taken that those characters in that world, but made their own story. You know, do do that. You know, um, uh, so I I mean the options are endless. I, I mean I I have a I have I, the, the question I could go on forever. I'll say this I <clears throat> I'm glad that we're not in charge of it because every idea that I come up with it's terrible is is terrible. Like I'll be like <laughs> oh it'd be so awesome. Spoiler again for them to go off on adventures with the Drake daughter. I, oh no, because that's ruins how beautiful the ending was it's like well, that's a terrible idea it's like, i want to see sam escape from pro well, we already played that so every idea that i come up with so fortunately there's better minds than ours that are in charge of that so i do know that i'm going to play it i'm going to play it a lot because i love it who else has there been any parts where you have lived 
oh god dude talk to this guy you kidding me i don't Kitty i can't wet. read i can't read so <laughs> they basically just say this is what's happening go i'm like yeah crap and that's <laughs> people are like brilliant Man. yeah no um you can't teach yeah. that you can't it, well I, i've said this before the only way to ad lib uh is if if you have good good a good story good structure uh, ad libs are the branches of a tree, but if you don't have the trunk, uh, you got nothing. Um, I, I have been into sessions of other games where they say, "We know you're just so great at ad libbing, so you know, just whatever you want to do." And I'm like, "What I, context? Where are we? What are we doing? Are there, no, just you know, just free wheel. You want me to write for you? I got it. Okay, uh, but, but, <laughs> but what? You know, it's it's like, well, he's a he likes guns. You know, I mean, it's literally so. You have nothing. You have to have something. You have to have a structure and. Uh, good ad lib comes after you've done the stuff that's on the page and uncharted's always had good writing we just you know you do that and then you know he may have an idea or he may say something i'll say something that sparks him to do something or any of the other actors um probably one of the more famous ad lib longer moments was the end of uncharted 2 mm. um when we had something written and it was good and uh then uh, I think it was Amy Hennig just said, uh, Emily, you and Nolan, just we hand in hand, just walk over here. This is where the edge of the cliff is, whatever you want. And we started walking and she went, she started that whole thing on, on a scale of one to 10. How scared were you? Four. I, 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 there was nothing planned and we did it once. And that's the end that everything on that was, was just this one take, just Nolan and Emily talking. And it was, that was pretty cool because people talk about that. I've seen it on YouTube and, you know, it's just that, that, that cool moment. And, you know, I got to give her credit. She went on there. She's like, I have your tears in a jar. It's like, what are you talking about? And, <laughs> but it was so real because it was real and that's, you know, good acting. So one of my favorites from Uncharted 2 is it's a shame you have to sit on something so pretty. Usually climbing up to this. I was like, ah. that, was, that was not written. That was no, it was completely ad lib. I, 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 I actually, I actually, I actually used that uh, in, back in my single days. That was the pickup line. I just sit there. Damn it! So that is so fine. It's a shame you have to sit on it. And she's like, oh, stop! And if she, if the girl went, you know, piss off, and then I'm like. She wasn't worth it, but if she she laughed, I'm like she could be a good one. I think I used it on my wife. <laughs> I should because it's fantastic, hon. <laughs> like art. Have you, have you ever received presents from fans? Yesterday, yesterday I got because uh, my birthday's Monday, so you can drop all your gifts off. Yep. <clears throat> no, you no um, yeah, I, I uh, at some point I must have just said how it's nice to get. Uh, uh, Graham McTavish, uh, who's Uncharted uh, and other things, uh, Hobbit, Preacher, sure, Outlander, whatever, Creed, we could go a while. He, uh, he every time I see him, he's always has little bits of British chocolate. He, you know, he's a Briton, but he's like, oh, no, no, British chocolate milk is much better. And, and uh, I mentioned that somewhere in something, and somebody brought me. British chocolate yesterday. You have to be careful what you say you like. Um, Travis Willingham one time, they're like, what do you like to drink? He was like, Gentleman Jack. And so every convention he went to after that, people would come up like fifths of Jack and they're like, drink it. 
<laughs> in front of no, geez, like in all of it, no. Um, so I, I, I'm very cautious to like say I, I'm, I'm definitely like because of you, I'm a bourbon guy, but I've always been a Scotch guy. Uh, so people are like, "Bunk!" I'm like, "Okay, hold, hold on, I do have a liver that's still functioning right now." So let's <laughs> let's take it easy. But yeah, you get um, it's people really cool. must have gotten you scarves or hats. People gave me socks, which is really cool. I want socks. Yeah, socks are great. Oh, did you um, hear that? Let's see what happens. Yeah, you're all witnesses. I'll talk to you next year. Um, I have more. I send more scars than you know what to do. Uh, but no, so people are really kind. What I love is when people. Um, and I'm not, this is not a ploy to make to have people do this, but it's really cool when people have taken the time to do fan art, and because I I, I think there's this, this cool symbiosis of like. I was a part of making something that you consider art and now you're an artist who's making art and you're being considered of me. That's this really cool way that we can be in partnership with this whole thing. Um, I have framed art for me too in my office. Me too. Yeah, there's some stuff that's amazing. I, like, I also like uh, money. Like cash, yeah. I collect uh, like fifty and hundred dollar pound notes. Yeah. Just I just you know, and I frame it. We don't have hundred dollar pound notes. Well, 50. You should you get should. them. So you might want to take a look at the ones that you have. <laughs> they could be worth a fortune, or they're counterfeit. They're in crayon. <laughs> so, but they're colorful. Those are crazy. I, I found that when I was here. I was like, ah. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> I, I've actually always been fascinated. My brother used to collect coins and just a little thing we did when we were little. And I just read in the paper the other day that someone here in England uh, had a coin that he was letting his son play with. And he, his grandfather had given it to him because his grandfather collected coins. And he just one time said, you know, I just should go see, you know, at one of the, the events uh, yeah. what this is worth. Turns out it was minted from pirate gold. There were only 200 ever made, and it was worth about 300,000 pounds. And and they said the guy guy went and, and the, Just the, hit his they child. Went, he was no. They said he he said thank you, and he walked out. And they said he's in his car screaming, <laughs> and the car's bouncing around. And, and the then he was came like, back the next day. No, to make sure oh, no, 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 no. Came back the next day, make sure that they weren't pranking him. And it, it's it's actually true. So let's uh, yeah. So coins. Old coins, I also like those as gifts. You told me that an old box at home. <laughs> you should, you should go through those. Yeah, I, I, I do collect them as well. It's just like I would have given them one. It's like if you told me like coins. Don't, don't. No, ever, I don't. don't, ever don't give those I, don't, I don't. That's the other thing. Is like it, sometimes you go to a convention somewhere and people give you stuff and you feel obliged to take it and now you're like i can't fit this stuff yes someone goes i made this paper mache trojan horse for you I'm like that's ah, amazing i'm gonna leave that at heathrow airport <laughs> yeah who else uh, you talked before about <clears throat> getting to work on passion projects mm -hmm. and things that you're sort of really passionate about are there any particular game franchises that you have a passion for that you've never had a chance to voice and you'd love to voice something in the future red dead redemption yeah either three, four, whatever they want to do. I, 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 I'm a big fan of Western mm -hmm. films and things like that. I've always wanted to do a Western, uh, you know, uh, like Westworld, if they're watching, I'm in. Uh, but um, I've always wanted, uh, I like Westerns. And I'm not a big gamer, but I remember checking out Red Dead Redemption. And I, it, you know, it just made me feel like I'm back watching the Clint Eastwood, you know, Sergio Leone movies. Um, and they did a really good job with it, you know? One of my favorite moments in games, period, like top five, would be going from Texas to Mexico in Red Dead. And that Jose Gonzalez song that plays, I was just like <clears throat> blown away because you're on the stick. It's not a cinematic moment. And this 
song, not a piece of music, but a song plays. And it was such this great transition. And I knew then I was like, this is a benchmark moment in games. This is, you can't compare it to a film. You can't compare it to a game. It's something completely new. And Red Dead, there's, there's two games that I would just spend time in the world. If I didn't have anything else to do, I would just, just jump in there. And Red Dead was one of them. Uh, Shadow of Mortar was the other one because it's just fun to just pop around that world and just kill orcs. But I would just jump on a horse and go check out a sunset. If you saw a mountain, I would go like even Skyrim didn't have that much of a compulsion for me to do more than Red Dead. Um, the teaser trailer was exactly that. It's just a teaser. I was like, the world looks gorgeous. I want to know more about the story. I want to know, are we looking at John's son? Are we looking what's what's happening? Or is this a completely different story? So yeah, Red Dead is definitely one. Uh, that I wanted to to be a part of. GTA was apparently people pointed out to me that there's a place called uh, Trey Bakery or something in, in GTA. And I was like, really? Am, am I being super arrogant to think that that has anything to do with me? Or yeah, but it's called Trey Bakery. And it's, it's, oh, or is it wow. Troy? I can't remember. People was like, hey, you're in GTA. I was like, son of a bitch. Um, but there's Troy, Troy's Baker. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. You know, we're, we're seeing a lot of reboots, uh, like the God of War reboot. We're seeing, um, most recently we had like the Tomb Raider re- reboot. I'm really excited to see what happens with a lot of the new IPs that are coming out. Um, I think that there's some new studios that are popping up that have been able to really create a, a, a niche for themselves by creating something completely new. Um, Destiny, you know, is is something that's new. Uh, Titanfall, which just came out, is a new IP. Um, I'm really excited to see what new kind of games come out um, and and maybe be a part of those. So, in some ways, I'm kind of happy for some of those legacy IPs to just put them on a shelf and they were really really good and let's let them be that, but let's not rehash. Let's let's try to create something new. Yeah. What else, guys? We got a few more minutes. About um, PLL, um, obviously with oh, yeah. 10 episodes now, uh, one, um, will uh, Mr. Hastings be uh, making that, uh, making an appearance? And what's it like to work on something? Yes, Mr. Hastings does make an appearance in the in the, the, the second half of the, the end. Um, and up to his usual tricks. Uh, it was it was a lot of fun. You know, it's, it's tough. Um, I mean, it was, it was amazing to watch these these four girls who were relatively, you know, unknown, uh, become so beloved and and work so hard. And, and I, I've known them for so long and watched their success go. I remember the first time I saw them on, oh, my God, she's on Cosmopolitan magazine. Next thing you know, they're everywhere and they've become their own little entities. Um, they're all really, really talented and they're still good people, down to earth people. And that's the thing I like to see. I like to see the people who have, because uh, they were the the ones who made that show go. Um, you know, Chad Lowe, who plays one of the other dads on that uh, program, is he, he used to say it's this will never be, never has been, and never will be Pretty Little Parents. Um, you know, it was it was fun to be, you know, but I was just kind of the um, facilitator for their plot lines, and it was nice to be around that. You know, to be part of something that's so uh, has such a created such a great um, fandom. Um, I, but I think my, my, and it was, it was really well done. And I had people meant just everybody just fell in love with that franchise and it's real testament to their character, their talent. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it, it's sad to see it go, but you know, it's kind of like uncharted. They went out on top. They didn't kind of 
jump the shark, you know, there's, and, and if you keep going, it's like how long till you really know who a, and then Uber a, and all this other stuff is, um, yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll miss the, the people who made it really good people, but, uh, I'm actually really excited to see where they take their careers from here and hopefully I'll jump on one of their other shows, <laughs> just ride their coattails. Does anyone know where Jump the Shark came from, the etymology of that? Yeah. Okay. Uh, happy, days. happy days. Yeah, well done. A lot of people are like, uh, I just thought it's just a bad thing to do. It, it is a bad hey. thing. Especially if you're an 80s show about the show in the 50s and someone jumps a shark, literally. Is it time for a couple more? Sure. Do you ever play online and troll in character and then run spook and play online? No. Uh, there was some fun stuff. Like we would... <clears throat> play call of duty or whatever and i remember this it's random i don't know why people bring this up at all it's like the, you hear people do their death screams or whatever and someone would just randomly go that's easy i'm like no it really is it's like yeah man it's anybody could do that and it's like well give it give it a shot man and they're like ha, uh, uh, ah, yeah it's not so easy now is it um but no i the thing that i love about playing online is the anonymity um because typically if let's say i'm playing like call of duty or i'm playing titanfall or something I'm going to get owned real fast, real hard. So I don't want people knowing that it's me. I want people just going, this guy sucks. I almost gave my screen name to some. Um, it also depends on what I'm playing at. There's one screen name that I have that I should not tell you because it's horrible. And I chose it one night when I was possibly a little too drunk and it's now permanent. Um, and somehow, something's like, I don't know how it passed like the, the, it was a Microsoft. It was an Xbox screen name. I don't know how it passed their thing because normally they're like new. And for some reason, it's so far to left field that people are like, hey, I guess it's OK. And it's horrible. Um, but uh, I, I, I like the anonymity. I like being able to uh, typically if I'm online and just like doing a private match with my mates, just like just the four or five of us you know, just getting online and playing. Um, but it is always kind of fun to hear people talking about whether it be online or in person or whatever, just kind of talking about their experience with the game and, and how much people really endear themselves to their characters. And I think that's, that's one of the things that sets games apart from just a movie or even a show, because we'll spend four or five seasons with a character, but we're still observing it. It's something completely different when you're actually that character mm -hmm. and you feel like you have gone through all of these missions but you've lived this life as this person so that's that's the thing i like most about games and for me the closest i can come is when my son especially is playing destiny mm. i'll just sit down on the couch next to him and he's talking to his friends i'm like you shouldn't go in there guardian no go down to the left and he's like <laughs> and i hear his friends going why why is your ghost talking to you? that's my dad and like your dad and other kids go your dad's a ghost it's like yeah that's so cool like that I like that. And that's, hi, and what's your name? I like the Bill Cosby. And they're, they're like, ghost I'm dad. Jerry. And he's like, Dad, can you just go? <laughs> <laughs> so that's like, that's the microphone he's covering. But your dad is a ghost? Yeah, it's weird. It's <laughs> <laughs> questions. Yeah, so it's like so we're getting that. sick. So I, I troll my own son in person. <laughs> your mother wants you for dinner. You have to. <laughs> Could you press pause? That's what Let I did. It. Unfortunately, it's in All right, guys, oh. thank you for spending time with us today. I appreciate it. Yeah, End of the round table. Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> so that was the interview with Nolan North and Troy Baker. Hope you really enjoyed that. They were a great fun to talk to. You can find them on basically any video game you pick up now. Uh, so next up, we have some air dates for you. <laughs> 
Air dates this week. First one, uh, cancellation. Uh, well, ending, actually. Uh, Saving Hope, which runs on the Universal Channel over here, will be ending after season five. I think they're airing season four at the moment. So they've just finished shooting season five and they've announced that that will be the last one. So uh, I, I actually, I'd not really looked at that show before, but it actually sounds kind of interesting. The first season starts off with the female lead is a doctor in a hospital. Her husband's in a coma, but you actually get to see things from the husband's point of view. Ah. Uh, and he's sort of seeing what's going on and stuff. And then he wakes up and he can kind of see the souls of other people that are in comas and sort of recently deceased and that sort of stuff. Kind of interesting. I might have to go and check it out. I'm, I'm not really... Uh, I'd not really come up like I knew it would existed, but I'd not really looked at it. I just assumed it was a medical drama and it seems to be a supernatural medical drama, which sounds kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, renewals. This is a sort of, it's kind of a renewal. Uh, Lucifer has been picked up for what they call the back nine. So it's now gone from being a 13 episode season to being a full season. So I'm really happy about that because Lucifer's a great show. It's really funny. I've got a couple of adverts yesterday for it. Yeah, it's, they're pushing it quite a lot actually on TV, I noticed. It uh, runs on Amazon Prime over here. It's very, very funny. The lead guy, I think it's Tom Ellis, I think the lead guy is, but he's just brilliant. It's very funny. So there's that. Changes, there is a TV show called Dark Heart, which stars Tom Riley from Da Vinci's Demons. And it's a two-part crime drama. It's coming to ITV Encore. Um, it's only a one-off little mini-series, but if you're a fan of Da Vinci's Demons and Tom Riley, you might want to go and watch. Uh, 9th of December at 9pm, that starts. They've also announced Blackish uh, Season 2. That's starting, they're running that straight away. Season two starts on E4 on the 18th of September at 7.30. Uh, I think it's on its fifth season or something in the US. So wow. Okay. My guess is they're just going to run the, all the seasons straight through until yeah, they catch they're up. They're doing like that weekday thing that they did with um, Goldbergs. Yeah, when yeah. When they did it with that as well. Yeah, so my guess is they'll do the same with this. Um, Sky Atlantic have announced The Affair will be returning with Dominic West coming back on the 21st of November at 9pm Fuller House they've announced a second season of that that's coming on 9th of December to Netflix and Dirk Gently's Hostilic Detective Agency um, which is actually going out on the BBC America in the US but it's coming to Netflix everywhere else that's landing on the 11th of December that stars Samuel Barnett and Elijah Wood aka Frodo so Oh, yes, Frodo. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I know a lot of purists have said it's very much not the Douglas Adams novel that it was based on, and I think they're probably right, but it does look like it could be quite a fun show, so we'll yeah. see. Next week on TV, Grey's Anatomy returns for its 13th season on Sky Atlantic on the 2nd of November at 10pm, so that's back. Uh, more medical drama as Code Black returns as well at 9pm tomorrow, so that's, uh, you can basically go Code Black straight into Grey's Anatomy, um, I guess. W? I keep forgetting. W is the channel, channel formerly known as Watch and they decided ah. to change it to a stupid name. So, yes, <laughs> it's Watch, basically. Like, yes, I don't know why they did that, but anyway. Uh, then also on the second, over on Sky Living, you've got Conviction, which is the Hayley Atwell's new show, and where she uh -huh. plays the daughter of a former president who is blackmailed into becoming the head of LA's in Conviction Integrity Unit. Uh, that's uh, 2nd of November at 9pm. That starts. Then you've got uh, DC's Legends of Tomorrow, returns for its second season which i'm really looking forward to so that's yeah, back a lot on, of new characters and yeah stuff going lots on. of new character all the justice society stuff so uh, i'm looking oh, yeah. forward to that being in as well 
uh 3rd of november at 8 p.m that right so that's basically the, the is that the thursday Monday, 8 tuesday yeah. 8 wednesday 8, 8 thursday 8, thursday 8. 8. <laughs> yeah so that's the thursday one and then friday you he's free and you can go and listen to matt's podcast uh <laughs> yeah can't do that uh, house lies fifth and final season now that's coming the third at 10 past 10 on sky atlantic oh this is an interesting one the expanse which is a, a drama from uh, us sci-fi channel which i think was released it could have even been last year based on the uh, James S.A. Corey series of novels about a future where humanity has colonized the solar system. So that's Thomas Jane, the one time occasional punisher. He plays a uh, police detective and they're unraveling conspiracies that could threaten peace across the solar system. It's uh, coming to Netflix on 3rd of November. That So that's definitely one to watch out for because I, I it's also got a second series of that coming but it got a lot of people gave it really high reviews and I'm, I'm amazed it's taking this long to turn up somewhere in all honesty but that looks like it could be really good uh more on netflix the crown which is a new drama about the royal family from peter morgan who is the guy that wrote the queen and frost nixon and rush uh she's a brilliant brilliant writer to dramatization of queen elizabeth's life from starting at her wedding in 1947 right up to present day netflix bought it as six seasons of 10 episodes so it's going to run for six years basically oh nice they they bought it straight off the bat and the idea is each season will focus on a certain period of netflix got a lot of money <laughs> yeah netflix has got a yeah. lot of money um yep. so i'm I'm really looking forward to that. I know it's not genre at all, but I I love Peter Morgan's writing, so I I think that will be another really good show to watch out for, proper Netflix quality. Also returning this week, you've got Blacklist, which is back for its fourth season. That's coming on the 4th of November at 9pm, which sees James Spader return as Red, so that's a great show, well worth watching. I think the one to three box set is on Now TV. Probably. Yes, it probably is. So. I'm fairly sure it will be. Uh, Atlanta, season one of that, coming to Fox on the... They advertised a lot yesterday. Yes. <laughs> uh, 5th of yeah. November at 10pm. Stars Communities, Donald Glover, and and new Lando Calrissian, Donald Glover as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's been getting great reviews as well, so I should go and watch that. There is a US comedy called Teachers. This isn't isn't a remake of the thing that Andrew Lingard that Lincoln is what sprung to mind. Yeah, yeah it's not. Yeah. It's not that because I did wonder that as well. It's a US comedy series about six elementary teachers at a fictional place called Fillmore Elementary School in Chicago. Um, supposed to be quite funny, but uh, I've never seen it. I know no more about it than that. That's coming to Comedy Central on the seventh of November at eleven p.m. Trolled Sky One Supermarket sitcom that returns for its sixth season on the 7th of november at 9 p.m barocco which is the uh french police drama that's back on fox uk at on uh, the 8th of november at 10 p.m and the vampire diaries which is returning for its eighth and final season on the 8th of november at midnight <laughs> um <laughs> I, I think somebody needs to tell ITV2 they don't need to schedule things in the middle of the night just because it has <laughs> vampires in it. Yeah, yeah. Is it staying at midnight? Or I, is it... I believe so. I, th- I think <laughs> it's because it, it it's not like it's it's simulcasting or anything like that because we're we're behind the the US. I, I it's just a ratings thing. 
its ratings haven't been great um and it's slowly crept from like nine to ten to eleven to twelve <laughs> they slowly uh, pushed it out of the night <laughs> yeah it's just gone further and further back uh but it's his final season so all, all i can say is just be grateful they're actually airing it because we've had that happen before where you know they've just dropped it entirely i mean look at the originals the originals doesn't air anybody anywhere on you know until way way after and it eventually lands on netflix so you know so there's that and finally dave gorman's modern life is goodish arrives for its fourth season on dave on the 8th of november at 10 p.m that's hilarious it's very funny that show so go and watch it it's really good so that's everything for this week unless you've got anything else you'd like to add Matt uh, I just wanted to very quickly say that if you did want to check out the podcast that I did that's uh, entertainmenttalk.org uh, there's all the contact info on there like links to Twitter and stuff for us if you want to find out more about air dates throughout the week and the latest news go to geektown.co.uk you can get in touch with us with your questions and comments by emailing podcast at geektown.co.uk or you can leave a message on the website post you can find us at geektown on Twitter or on Facebook facebook.com forward slash geektown uh youtube which has all the stuff from comic con this weekend uh youtube.com forward slash geektown so that's got all the interviews including the video interview of troy baker and nolan north one so that's all up on there and if you want to find us on instagram it's geektown uk that's everything we shall see you next week bye 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 Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.